Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, boxing fans, this is Jenna J, and I'm welcoming you to the 236th edition of On the Rope Boxing Radio. And I have a great show in store for you guys this week. I'll be joined by three guests. I'll be having the return of former light heavyweight champion of the world, Antonio Magic Man Tarver. We'll be on a little bit later to discuss the fights from this past week and also his boxing future at heavyweight. I will also be joined by the vice president of CompuBox and the founder of ThrowdownFantasy.com, Nick Canobio. He'll be on a little bit later to discuss fantasy boxing. But to kick this week's show off, I have a very special returning guest now making his fourth appearance to the show. I'm joined by trainer Peter Fury. How's it been going today, Peter? Yeah, it's been going good. Enjoying the sunshine, taking it easy, you know, enjoying the calm before the storm. Uh, that's about it. All right, well, you just said it there, enjoying the calm before the storm. Um, I'm thinking that maybe you're alluding to the fight between Tyson Fury versus Vladimir Klitschko, which is supposedly going to happen in September. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. You know, uh, we've worked for this, uh, me and Tyson, uh, coming up for four years now. And, um, you know, we're very excited with it. You know, we just can't wait to to get the fight all signed and, and ready to go. All right, now when do you think the fight will actually officially take place and where? I'm hoping it's, uh, it's going to officially take place sometime in September, early October, and hopefully uh, in the UK. All right, now you said this is a long time coming. Tyson's been a fighter that had an opportunity to fight Vladimir before, but he wanted to earn his mandatory position. It's something he always felt strong about. Do you feel that him getting a title shot now and all the time that's gone by, it's the perfect time? Uh, yes, I do, because Tyson's never stopped improving. Um, he's grown up, he's come of age, and now is uh, now is it, it is the right time for Tyson. So he's um, he's going to be ready, he's going to be focused, and, um, you know, like I said, he's mentally mature now as well. You know, he, he's grown up, he's grown up in the ring as well, so it's, uh, it's going to be a very uh, interesting fight where you see, look, we're not interested in challenging for the for the fight. We've got every intention of winning it. All right, now, Peter, Tyson's obviously had his delays in his career, mostly due to the fact that certain opponents he was scheduled to fight either got injured or outright canceled it. I wonder if you think those delays at all hurt this fight. Do you think the fight is still as big as it could have been, even with all the delays? I think it's just as, as big now as it's ever going to be. I think it's... Uh... I think it's bigger now as well than what it's ever going to be in the past because the only reason Tyson has not boxed so regular is whether people like to hear it or not. You know, they, they've took the fight on and avoided him because they realize what uh, type of character they're getting in the ring with. So, and like I said, we've had pullouts after pullouts, but still, we finally got in that mandatory position, which is uh, it's excellent news. So, there's an old saying, you can't change yesterday, but you can change tomorrow. 
fight. Now, do you think Tyson Fury's chances of winning this fight against Vladimir Klitschko are better now due to the fact that Vladimir is a little bit older than his last fight? He showed that he can be hit. Uh, no, I don't. I think he's. Uh, I, I think this is where people get the underestimation of Vladimir because he performs differently with every fight. Now, Jennings is a very good fighter. You know, he's not uh, somebody, although he hasn't had that much experience, he's still a very, very clever, astute boxer. So, you know, Vladimir did what he had to do and he won a unanimous decision. So I don't think he's on the slide. I think he's, uh, I think we'll see probably a very, very good Vladimir against Tyson. That's what we are expecting. When it comes to Tyson Fury against Klitschko, what type of fight do you think fans are going to see? Do you think they're going to see a war? Do you think they're going to see Tyson going out there looking for a knockout? Or do you see Tyson using his size and his advantages with uh, reach and, and trying to outbox Vladimir? Well, you know, I've not, even, uh, I've not even really thought about strategies yet or really looked at it because it's quite a way off. And we're looking at, uh, first of all, getting it all signed up on the paperwork. But I don't think this is a distance fight, you know. It will be a knockout. Oh, Peter, I want to get your views on some recent boxing events here. And uh, a few that took place in the U.K., some that took place on this side of things. Anthony Joshua recently took on Kevin Johnson, and he beat him in two rounds. And Kevin had supposedly worked with you a little bit while he was over in the U.K. Can you let the fans know about what you saw from Kevin and, and what you saw in the actual fight? Yeah, you know, look, Kevin, you know, he wasn't performing inspiring and um, he was just unable to take the instructions. So, you know, he, Kevin's come to the end of his road and, um, you know, it's a young man's sport. He's done very well, Kevin, but he has declined a hell of a lot over recent years. Hence, he's lost so many fights on the run. So, Kevin is Kevin is in it just for the money. But this is a... He's a, he's a top guy. He's used our facilities. And, you know, this is it. But uh, it's not really a live opponent for somebody like a jo- Joshua who's, a, who's a talking about as the next coming. You know, he hasn't really fought anyone that's uh, in the same league as himself, meaning youth, age, will to win. He hasn't really boxed anybody like this. Still a very good performance from him, though. He can punch, and he's got all the right things going for him. So I think he will go a long way. I think he's very talented. All right. Well, another guy out of the U.K., Amir Khan, recently boxed against Chris Algieri. Some people say that was supposed to be an addition for Floyd Mayweather Jr., and they weren't that impressed. What did you think? I never actually watched the fight, but uh, I don't think um, I don't think Mayweather's going to really get up for Khan because I think Mayweather wants... They want to fight real opponents. I think the one for Mayweather is uh, Alvarez again. I think that would be a good fight. I think um, Amir Khan would be a good fight with him and Kel Brook. I think uh, they're both on similar levels, and that would be a good fight. I don't think anybody is nowhere near Mayweather. I think they're only stepping in there trying to get a payday. You mentioned some people stepping in there for a payday. Um, I'm sure, obviously, you saw Mayweather versus Pacquiao. A lot of people are displeased. Pacquiao came in there with a, a shoulder injury. Do you think both fighters owed the fans more after all that talk? Yeah, I do. I, you know, I've, I lost a lot of respect for that uh, Pac-Man, to be honest, because when he's got a shoulder injury, why go ahead with a fight? You know, people's paid hundreds of thousands, millions lost in gambling or whatever. You know, it's bringing boxing into a bad name to say, I'm 100% fit, then fight 
and then say, oh, I couldn't do my job because my shoulder's damaged. So it's not, uh, it's definitely not good. It's not good for business. I don't see it good for anything except for the, the only thing it's good for are the two fighters themselves because Mayweather's laughing all the way to the bank. Although it's nothing to do with Mayweather, but, um, you know, Pacquiao, he should have, his team should have said. Do you think those two will ever rematch again? Do you think there's any point? Uh, I don't think there's any point. I think Mayweather will beat Pacquiao seven days a week. You know, if, if he finds a way and uh, come forward fighters for Mayweather, that's just the way it is. You know, the tactics he's using going forward onto him, you know, he's just an excellent back foot fighter. And he's mastered that to almost genius level. So I don't think, uh, I think Mayweather's definitely going to retire undefeated. Sure. If there's anyone around to touch him. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I've got a few more questions before I let you off the line. I want to talk about some of the other fighters you work with. Um, your son, Huey Fury, he's still undefeated, and while he's been a little bit inactive, he recently did return and had a good win. Uh, what's his future looking like? Yeah, it's looking quite positive. He fights um, towards the end of July, and uh, we're looking for a good opponent. You know, We're looking for anyone out there. Ustinov, Ariola, if he's, if he's right money. <laughs> There's... Uh, there's a few. There's uh, Manuel Char we're looking at. You know, any of these fights, you know, they need to get in touch with NFC Sports because we're interested in putting them on. So UE's going to have a, a good quality fight in July. Right, now you also work with Eddie Chambers. What are you looking for for him? Well, Eddie Chambers, he's in America at the moment. He's back home. And, uh, yeah, we're looking for a good fight for him as well. He's, uh, he's working on some new promotion at the moment. Um, I believe he's waiting to be signed up with some new promoters. And as soon as, he, uh, as soon as we find out what's happening, hopefully Eddie can be in good fights. And then he'll be back over for training camp. And then away we go. He's, uh, Eddie belongs up there. He's got the skill set. He's got the power. He's got a lot of things he never had in his career. So I'm expecting big things from Eddie. Hmm. Now, would you want to see either Eddie Chambers or your son, Huey Fury, possibly maybe sometime down the line, take on someone like uh, Anthony Joshua? I think it's a big fight, and we'd like it. You know, it's, uh, it's something definitely for the future. But look, I know he's been hailed as everything else in the top 10, top 5, but he still only had 12 fights. So, uh, like my son, he's had 15. So they're still learning the trade and getting there. But, yeah, it's, it's a fight, anything, for Eddie Chambers, my son, maybe Tyson. You know, hopefully all these guys keep winning, and uh, there'll be a massive fight down the line. Okay, well, let's turn things back to the fight between Vladimir Klitschko and Tyson Fury. I know you don't know how you're going to go about the game plan. Must have thought in the back of your mind how it's going to end up. How does that fight end up? How does that fight end? For me, that fight ends in a... It's going to be um, a switched-on Tyson, a 100% young, hungry, determined Tyson will take it off Vladimir. And I, and I, I predict a stoppage mid to late rounds. All right, you see a mid to late round stoppage there. And what will it mean to you to see Tyson Fury win a heavyweight championship? Well, it means the world, and it's not just the heavyweight championship. He, he then becomes the undisputed champion of the world. So it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, and he's the only man, you know, to take Vladimir thrown off him. So it's going to be, it'll be a, well, there won't be words to mention, you know. It'll be such a, it's a lifetime's work, you know. What can we say? It's, uh, it's, it's his dream. He always said from being a little boy, I'm going to be a world champion. So, you know, I believe some people have it in the destiny, and I believe Tyson is one of them. You've only got to have a look at his past, what everybody said about him. This kid can't fight. He's not dedicated. He's fat. 
trips over his own feet, he's too slow, he's this. But then look what's happened over the years as he's grown up, as he's matured. Tyson, you've not seen the real Tyson yet either. He's six foot nine. He's going to be in super shape. And you're going to see, let's look what Emmanuel Stewart said. He will be the next undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. You know, so may he rest in peace. Let's see if his prediction comes true September, October. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Peter, I thank you so much for your time today, taking uh, time out of your day to talk to me about all the fighters you work with, and I wish you best luck going forward. It's always a pleasure, Jenna, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That was Peter Fury discussing the future of his nephew, Tyson Fury, and also discussing the futures of his son and Eddie Chambers. Um, Definitely great to talk to Peter about the fight that a lot of people have been waiting for, and that's the fight between Fury and Vladimir Klitschko. Um, You know, it's a fight that was talked about for a long while, mostly due to the fact that the stature and the size of Fury that people feel that, you know, he's a guy that could potentially give the heavyweight champion some problems. And you can tell by listening to his uncle Peter that, you know, they're very confident. They're very confident in that fight. They're very confident this is the right time for the fight to happen. And the one thing I find the most amazing about Tyson Fury is that he's only 26 years old. He's been around for so long. That name's been around for so long. They've been talking about that fight since, you know, Fury was in his early 20s that, you know, at this point right now, you'd have to say he's got to be fully mature. He's got to be at his best right now, and he's ready as he'll ever be for this fight. And uh, Peter Fury is definitely confident in the chances that his nephew will come away with the heavyweight title. So I'm definitely looking forward to that fight. It was a, a pleasure having Peter Fury once again come back on the show, and I'm definitely looking forward to see when he does with all his fighters in 2015. All right, let's move things now to the news of the week, and this news centers around the big fight from last Friday, and that was Amir Khan versus Chris Algieri. Um, The fight on paper kind of seemed like a mismatch. I mean, Chris Algieri was coming in off of a dominant loss to Manny Pacquiao, which he was knocked down six times. Um, He had lost by some of the most lopsided 12-round scores you'll probably ever see in your life. And going to a fight with Amir Khan, most people felt this would just be an audition for Khan. You know, this would be his chance to solidify getting that Floyd Mayweather fight that he's always wanted. Well, the fight itself turned out much differently than I expected and most people expected because it was a close competitive affair. Chris Algieri came to fight, and he looked much different than he did against Manny Pacquiao. I mean, he, he looked ready for the moment. He looked confident. He had a new trainer in John David Jackson, and it all made a difference. You know, the game plan he had was to try to make Amir Khan uncomfortable, to try to pressure Amir Khan, to try to land something big. And unlike the Pacquiao fight, in which he was looking to wait to the very late rounds to be let out of the cage and eventually knock out Manny Pacquiao, he started right from round one. He started right from round one, and he made it an interesting, close, competitive affair. Now, Amir Khan clearly was the more skilled fighter in the fight. He had better boxing ability. He had the better footwork. He had a lot of the better attributes. But the guy that was showing more desire was Chris Algieri. So, I mean, the fight itself was actually pretty good. Um, it was surprising to me that it was that good and that competitive. You know, but I still thought Amir Khan won the fight. You know, I, I actually personally scored the fight eight rounds to four. I did give Chris Algieri four rounds. Uh, third round was very clear. And there was a bunch of other close rounds. And, you know, I could see some people having as close to seven to five um, or even wider for Amir Khan. But um, one thing was clear. Amir Khan 
even though he wasn't that impressive, he was the better boxer, he was the better fighter on the night, and he deserved to get the victory. Now, the big question revolving around this victory is, did he perform well enough against Chris Algieri to garner a fight with Floyd Mayweather Jr.? And the simple answer to that is no. If this was an addition, he completely flunked it. Manny Pacquiao's performance against Chris Algieri was far more impressive. And even if Amir Khan had done half that performance, it would probably be good enough to maybe get a fight with Floyd, but it wasn't even that. I mean, you see a guy that was completely dominated by Manny Pacquiao, you know, and Manny Pacquiao obviously is a guy that Floyd just beat. To see Amir Khan struggle with that same opponent, it really doesn't speak well for a competitive fight against Floyd. So in terms of earning a fight with Floyd, he certainly didn't do that with what he actually accomplished in the ring. But I actually think he probably earned the fight in Floyd's eyes by the fact that he didn't look that impressive. I think Floyd Mayweather Jr. ultimately will pick Amir Khan for his September 12th date, um, the last fight on his contract with Showtime, because if Amir Khan had looked devastating, if he had looked as good as Manny Pacquiao did against Chris Algieri, if he definitively outboxed him in a sense that he won every second of every round, Floyd might not be as keen on the fight. But if you looked at the fight, Amir Khan looked vulnerable in more ways than one. I mean, to a guy that could possibly outbox him, to a guy that could counterpunch him, and to a guy that could hit him on his chin. Chris Algieri is not a puncher. He is not a big puncher. He's not a guy that has a lot of power. But he was hitting Amir Khan clearly and hard and often. Floyd is a better puncher than Chris Algieri is. So in Floyd's mind, I think he sees this as a chance to possibly even score a knockout. So I think overall, if Amir Khan was trying to score a fight with Floyd Mayweather Jr. by performing against Chris Algieri, he did that. It's just not for the reasons that we all expected. And uh, I think on September 12th, we're not going to get that good of a fight or that competitive of a fight based on what I saw this past Friday. All right, well, let's move things now to my second guest of this week's show, and he's making his debut appearance to On the Ropes Boxing Radio. I'm joined by the Vice President of CompuBox and the founder of ThrowdownFantasy.com. I'm joined by Nick Canobio. How's everything going today, Nick? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Nick. And I guess we should start things off with the current venture that you're in right now, is a fantasy boxing game in which people can play, score points, and make some cash. Can you talk a little bit about uh, throwdownfantasy.com? Sure, yeah. It's a game that we have been developing for a couple of years now. Uh, we officially launched it for real um, with the Mayweather weekend. Um, and basically how it works is very similar to any other uh, fantasy sports out there. Uh, it's a weekly game, bi-weekly depending on how many fights are in a specific uh, weekend. Uh, you draft uh, five fighters. You're giving a salary cap. Each fighter is given a salary based on, uh, you know, their past experience, what, what we can assume for the matchup. And then you draft five fighters. Uh, you get the salary cap, and you get points for if a fighter wins. You get points. You get bonus points for knockdowns, knockouts. You get points for the CompuBox stats for the fight. And, you know, the, five, the, the players that accumulate the most points at the end of the week or, or the two weeks get the piece of the cash prize. Now, there, like you said before, that there's fantasy games for all the other sports out there, football, baseball, even basketball. How important do you think it was to bring this to boxing? Well, I've always been a fan of boxing. I grew up with boxing. Um, 
you know, like you said, I'm the VP of, uh, of CompuBox. My father is the president, the founder, you know, the inventor of CompuBox. And uh, so I've been around boxing my whole life. And, uh, you know, in recent years, we've seen the explosion of daily fantasy sports. And, you know, we just thought, you know, why not implement this into boxing? And it really started to blow up and, and really um, made sense once the uh, Premier Boxing was announced. And, you know, that opened the door for a lot more fights each weekend. And, you know, it's to the point where there's, you know, three or four different cards in, in a matter of two or three days. So it really opened the door to, to more exposure to the sport. And it, it allowed us to really create this game. So now that, you know, we can fit, uh, you know, a good-sized game inside of a week or, or two weeks rather than a month or two months, which is, you know, too long. There's the attention span of, of most fantasy sports players, you know, they, they, they want to play a weekend or, you know, a week. So in, in the last couple of weeks, we, uh, last couple of months with Premier Boxing, um, it really opened the door for, for it. Right now, you mentioned that you officially launched it for the Mayweather versus Pacquiao fight. How important was it that you launched it for such a big event? Well, we had we we really had it going since last January. It was more of a, a test first year, kind of getting the bugs out, figuring out what works best as far as scoring and how long games should last. And then um, when they announced that Mayweather fight, we kind of ramped up everything and, and tried to to really, you know, we redesigned the site. We, you know, really cleaned up all the bugs. And, you know, it was important to get it launched for that initial game because, you know, there were we had a $10,000 game for that Mayweather fight. And, you know, we had 600 people to enter into that game, and we were able to fill that game up, you know, just on the exposure of, of that fight. You know, it, it, it crossed over. It wasn't just boxing. That was, you know, that was a universal event. That was the Super Bowl of boxing, and, uh, it really helped us get a lot of exposure to our game. And now, Nick, who would you say out there is the ideal fighter for this type of game? Like, if you were to say what, one particular fighter that is strong in all the areas that score the most for Throwdown Fantasy, can you tell me which fighter that would be? What fighter do you think is, uh, or the type of fighters that would score the highest in this? Uh, the type of fighter is is someone that's gonna is gonna throw a lot of punches. He's gonna land a lot and has a good chance of knocking a guy out. Um, at the same time, a guy who throws and lands and just dominates the whole fight. So, um, for example, uh, recent fight, recent fight weekend is the Golovkin fight. You know, he's a guy that will throw, he'll land at a high percentage, and he'll wear his guy out and eventually knock him out. So a fighter like him, he's going to score a lot of fantasy points. Even the, the co-main event, Gonzalez, he was able to land a tremendous amount of punches in a short period of time and was able to score uh, a lot of fantasy points. So it's a guy that, again, is going to land a lot of punches, is going to land at a high connect percentage, and has a good chance of knocking a guy out. And now in the current game that you have going, Deontay Wilder is on the list. And he's a guy that I would see as being as someone that could score you a lot of points and being that he actually costs the most of your salary cap. Now, if he scores a first-round knockout, that's 80 points plus 30 points for the uh, the knockout plus actually any additional points for the knockdowns. Would you say that is pretty much the biggest amount of points you can score from a first-round KO? 
We try, yeah. We, I mean, we we try to set it up so that if a guy does knock someone out in the first round, he's going to get the most points that uh, you know that you can get. Um, so yeah, so you'll get 30 points for the knockout win. You'll get 80 points for the first round uh, bonus. You'll get um, any points he you get 0.1 point per punch landed. So you know if he's going to knock him out, his chances are he'll he'll land about 20 or 30 punches in that round. So, yeah, you, you know, you can expect to get a tremendous amount of points for a first-round knockout. And if he decides to go a couple of rounds and he, and he breaks that 80, point, uh, 80 uh, punches landed point, then he'll get credit for the connect percentages, and, um, you know, that's when the real money um, comes in, the real points. Oh, Nick, I want to change things up a little bit because you said it before and I said it. You're the vice president of CompuBox, and your father is the founder of it. Uh, Bob Canobio, can you talk a little bit about what CompuBox has meant to the sport of boxing? Well, we, this is our 30th year, and in recent history, it's it's tough to watch a fight and not see the stats show up, you know, in between rounds or, or the final stats at the end of, of the fight. And, you know, what we've done is we've created just a, a box score for boxing, you know, where you can the next day or – or after the fight, you can go and you can see, you know, how much activity a fighter has, you know, who, who dominated as far as the stats. You know, we never have claimed that whoever lands the more punches will win. And, you know, it's not meant to, to judge a fight. It's simply a barometer of activity. You know, if a guy, if a guy does throw and land more, then chances are he's going to win the fight. And, you know, that's, that's what we brought you know, to the sport of boxing with, with CompuBox. It's just, um, it's a it's a great tool for the fans, for the commentators, and it's just a way to show, you know, the activity of the fight. Okay, now you get some people out there that point to CompuBox stats as being a reason why a fighter should win a fight. And then you have other people that say, well, you know, the stats don't count everything. It counts every punch as a power punch. It's every punch other than a jab. Um, how accurate do you think the punch stats are in terms of, or how indicative are the punch stats in terms of who actually wins the fight? Well, I mean, no one, the, the judges don't see them. You know, no one, no one really sees them that, that really matter as far as determining who wins a fight. So, like I said before, it's just, it's just a barometer of activity. It just shows what happened in a fight as far as the stats. Uh, yeah, you know, we count jabs and we count power punches. Power punch is just a category. You know, it's anything other than a jab. We're not going to count the little pity pat punches in, in a clinch. You know, that that would skew the numbers. So, it's uh, you know, we're 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 very accurate. We we we, we verify our numbers uh, when we train fight operators to to work with CompuBox. We we verify their numbers before they actually do a fight. Uh, you know, a lot of fights. So. As far as the numbers are concerned, we're extremely accurate. We're constantly monitoring our stats and our operators. And, you know, as far as determining a winner or, you know, who should have won a fight based on the numbers, we never claim that you can determine that. Um, you have to watch the fight as a whole. You have to score it, you know, with the 10-9 system. I think that's the best system out there. And uh, that, that's, that's the true way to, to, to score a fight. All right, well, Nick, for anyone that's listening to this interview, they're going to ask me, 
what about the Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight? There's a lot of people out there that look at the CompuBox numbers and they did a slow motion replay of the fight and they said that they didn't quite add up. I'm sure you've heard the same things. What do you have to say to those people that are kind of complaining about the way that the CompuBox numbers showed up compared to them watching the fight in slow motion? Well, with that fight, you know, there was a lot of Mayweather fans, there was a lot of Pacquiao fans, a lot of Pacquiao fans were the ones putting it in slow motion, um, you know, counting what they thought landed and what they thought was thrown. But the bottom line is we're not biased. You know, we sit there, we watch a fight. If if a guy throws a punch, we count it. If it lands, we count it. There's no bias. There's no, we don't have favorites. Um, you know, we're not Pacquiao fans or Mayweather fans, so we, we just sit there and count. So it's, it's very easy for people to... Uh, you know, who who are diehard fans of a particular fighter to go and, you know, biasly count in slow motion a fight, you know, after the fact and say, oh, no, this punch landed, this didn't, and this, that. That's one. Two, you know, the numbers didn't determine who won the fight, you know. Um, the judges did, you know. The judges don't see these numbers. The judges were the ones that watched the fight and scored it. But if you wanted to dive deeper into those numbers and look at Mayweather's previous 12 fights, you will see that his opponents over those 12 fights averaged 19% punches landed. Pacquiao landed 19% of his punches. So, if, you know, that just should prove how accurate our, our, punches, our, our, our punch stat was um, just based on that because... Mayweather made Pacquiao look like every other opponent that he has ever faced, you know, especially over the last 12 fights. And he did exactly what every other opponent did uh, in Pacquiao. And it showed, and the numbers showed, and he landed the same exact amount of, uh, you know, percentage as the other 12 fighters. Awesome. Awesome. Great stuff, Nick. Well, I just got a couple more questions before I let you off the phone here. And taking things back to throwdownfantasy.com and also a little bit about Manny Pacquiao, maybe to please the Pacquiao fans that listen in. Um, how do you think Manny Pacquiao would favor in this type of game, points-wise? Is he the type of fighter that somebody should put their salary on uh, in a big event? Yeah, I mean, other than him fighting uh, Floyd Mayweather, who, you know, is going to make someone look pedestrian, you know, Pacquiao is not a pedestrian fighter. He's a he's a world class fighter who, you know, arguably fought with with one arm and, you know, that showed too, uh, given the fact that if he had two good arms, he could have been a totally different outcome. Maybe he landed more. But uh, you know, as far as Manny as a as a fantasy fighter, he dominated Chris Algieri uh before that and, you know, he was able to accumulate 63 fantasy points for that, which is above average. You know, he hasn't knocked anyone out in, in the last couple of fights. So at this point, um, he's, he's an above average fantasy player. Someone, you know, he, he, would, he would never be priced too high. He would be priced accordingly to his opponent. And, um, you know, other than fighting a Floyd Mayweather, I think he has a good chance of winning any other fight. Right. Well, Nick, talk about the future of ThrowdownFantasy.com um, and your fantasy game with boxing. How far do you think it can go, especially with the rise, as you mentioned before, of all these TV outlets now carrying boxing? 
it can go as as big as the sport gets. I mean, where this boxing is now on TV more than than it ever has been before. Um, you know, there's there's new series opening up every every week. You know, we got the True TV series with with uh, Top Rank. Uh, we got Rock Nation going with BET. So um, just in the next couple of weeks, I mean, June is is completely loaded with you know with big fights. So as long as boxing's out there and in the pub, you know, in the public eye, and uh, as long as it's on TV, and as long as we continue to make these partnerships, we're, we're working with Fox Sports One to uh, actually uh, one of the features of our game is the ability to score each round, you know, as you're watching it. So you want to be a judge and you, you know, you think you know how to judge a fight and you want to, you know, judge it with your buddies, then you can go to our website during any, um, you know, any live fight and go to our live uh, fight central page and you'll be able to actually score the fight. And we partnered up with, um, with Fox Sports One with that and we'll be doing all their, all their fights. And then uh, we're speaking with a couple of other promotions and TV networks to, to do that. So, you know, as long as we, continue those partnerships and as long as fights are on TV and, you know, they're getting good ratings and um, fantasy boxing could, could really thrive. All right. Well, Nick, in closing, can you let the fans know how they can sign up for fantasy boxing and if they can play for free or, you know, any of the details involved in it? Sure. So you just simply go to throwdownfantasy.com. Um, the way it works now is when you sign up for free, We'll give you uh, enough throwdown points to enter into our free roll game. Uh, you enter that, you can win uh, up to $250 in cash prizes. So that's free to play. All you do is sign up. And, you know, you get – we like to have people play that game first, get familiar with the site, get familiar with the scoring. You know, it's free, uh, can't hurt you. And then, you know, once you get more familiar with it, you can move to our cash games you know, where you can win upwards of four, you know, 10000 uh, hopefully, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 prizes in the future as, as the game gets bigger and we have more contestants. But, um, yeah, so you can go to throwdownfantasy.com if you start playing for free and then work your way into all cash games. All right, well, Nick, it was a great pleasure having you come on on the ropes to talk about fantasy boxing, also talk about CompuBox. I'm sure all the fans... Um, or very interested in that because I'm interested. I'm actually going to sign up myself. I'm going to play. And also, too, you clarified some of the stuff with CompuBox. So I definitely appreciate you spending your time here on the radio show. It was my pleasure, and uh, thank you again. You, you do a great job with this show. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. Have a good day. You too. All right. That was Nick Canobio discussing fantasy boxing and also discussing CompuBox a little bit. Um, it was definitely a pleasure to hear from Nick because this is an interesting venture that he's involved in. Um, as he said it, boxing is getting bigger now. There's more fight cards. Um, there's more boxing out there for the general fans. So to start a fantasy boxing league, um, it's a good time to do it. I mean, you know, this is a time where it can have some great success and it can get fans really interested and talking about the point structure, I mean, it makes it interesting in a lot of ways. A lot of different ways certain fighters can score points, and even a losing fighter can score points. So 
definitely a very interesting venture. And also, it was interesting talking to Nick about CompuBox and the fact, you know, if you hear so many fighters out there, you hear people like Polymon Naji, you always get somebody that likes to complain about the CompuBox stats or say they don't mean anything or, you know, or, or you see people that point to the CompuBox stats as a reason why a guy wins. So it was good to hear him clarify certain things of that and also talk about the Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight because people brought that up a lot too. So um, definitely good talking to him, and I wish him all the best of luck with his new venture. All right, well, I'm going to move things now to a segment of my show the fans know as Ask Jenna. That's where you guys, the boxing fans, get to ask me questions. You can do this either by emailing me at ontheropesboxingradio at gmail.com, mentioning me on Twitter, Jenna on the Ropes, or posting your questions in our Facebook group, which is now 10,300-plus members strong. So, guys, if you want to get your questions on the show, that is how you can do it. I'm going to take my first question. This one comes from John Bissett. He says, what did you make of Anthony Joshua's demolition of Kevin Johnson? He stopped Johnson for the first time ever. Where do you think Joshua stands in the heavyweight division right now? All right, well, to answer your question, John, um, that fight was very interesting. It was something that, you know, interests me because I wanted to see how Anthony Joshua dealt with a guy that is very good defensively and knows how to survive. I mean, Kevin Johnson, he's been in there with a lot of heavyweights, a lot of top guys. Um, he went the distance with Vitaly Klitschko. He went the distance with Tyson Fury, Derek Pizzora. So I mean, he's been in there with a lot of good quality fighters. And, uh, you know, this is a, definitely a big step up for Anthony Joshua. Now, going into the fight, I never thought Kevin Johnson was going to be a risk to Joshua because he's just not offensive enough. He's very defensive. And all of his big fights, he mostly lost them because he didn't want to be offensive in there. He just wanted to survive. He wanted to, you know keep that resume of never being knocked out. So with this fight here, the fact that Anthony Joshua nearly knocked him out in the first round and then took him out in the second round and was just so dominant over him, it was an impressive win, and it was a statement. Now, I know Kevin Johnson's getting a little bit older, and if you had heard our guest earlier, Peter Fury, you know, talking about the state of mind of Kevin Johnson going into it, you know, that could take a little bit away from him, but still, Anthony Joshua is a tremendous talent in the heavyweight division. I mean, he has the size, he has the speed, he has the physique. I mean, everything you want to see in a heavyweight, everything we've seen so far, I mean, he's looked great. I mean, so far, he's only 13 fights into his career, but, you know, he's only 25 years old. He has the pedigree. He's a gold medalist. So, I mean, he's got a lot of things going for him right now. And the biggest thing we want to see, obviously, is for him to step up and face even bigger challenges. And after the fight against Kevin Johnson, I think he's ready for them. The guy that I'd like to see Anthony Joshua be in the ring with is actually someone like Tony Thompson. Tony Thompson, Chris Ariola, get a guy that's been near and around the top of contenders out there that's challenged for a title, and, you know, see how he does against that. See how he does against that type of fighter. Because right now, it's hard to tell you where Anthony Joshua truly stands amongst the best heavyweights out there or amongst any of the heavyweights because he truly hasn't been against, you know, the best guys out there. He's been facing a lot of the guys on the domestic level, guys that are trial horses, those type of fighters. No one elite at this point. He's only 13 fights into things. So it's, you know, a little hard to try to jump right on the Joshua train and say he's destined for greatness. But honestly, so far from what I've seen, he's looking like he's going to have a very bright future. I'm going to go now to my next question. This one comes from Will Patton. Since there are rumors that Kells Brooks' next opponent could be Brennan Rios, who do you favor in that match? 
All right, well, this is a, a good question here because this is a fight that I honestly would love to see happen. I'd love to see Brennan Rios against Kell Brook. I think it'd be a really good fight. Even if it happens over in the U.K., I think that would make, you know, Brennan Rios even more apt to go out there, trying to go out there for a knockout. But overall, I just think um, it'd be good to see it because Kell Brook hasn't really had much of competition in his last two fights. I mean, his last fight was just this past weekend, and it was against domestic rival and Frankie Gavin, and he won it very easily. He won it in six rounds, and it wasn't even mildly competitive. He didn't even have a mark on his face. And that's something we could say about his last two fights, because in his mandatory before this fight from this weekend, he won it easily as well. He won that in four rounds, and uh, it wasn't even competitive there. So a fight like Brendan Rios, that will be a competitive fight. That will be a good fight. And I think we could see something that, you know, will be pleasing to the boxing fans out there. Because those last two fights from Brook, you know, they kind of put people to sleep because they were just so one-sided. You know, a guy can look completely dominant and win his fights, but if the guy doesn't offer anything in front of him, then it really doesn't make people that interested. A guy like Brennan Rios will offer something. He'll be going out there to win. He'll be going out there for a knockout. So, honestly, if that fight can happen, you know, somewhere around August like they're talking about, I think it'd be a, a fantastic fight. I mean, Brendan Rios has been waiting for his chance, another chance at a title. He did not look very good when he fought Manny Pacquiao. He didn't look that good against Diego Chavez. But in his last fight against Mike Alvarado, he looked excellent. He looked good. He looked focused. He looked dedicated. He uh, looked like he really trained hard. His body looked better than it looked in previous fights. If that Brendan Rios shows up, then Kel Brook's in for a hell of a fight. And boxing fans are in for one heck of a matchup. So, Hopefully those two can come to terms. Hopefully that fight can happen because I think it would just be a, a great fight for boxing. I'm going to go now to my next question. This one comes from Nick Cullen. He says, if Broner loses to Porter, do you think that will mark the end of Broner as a legitimate star in the sport? Well, to answer this question, Nick, yes. Yes, I do. I think this would absolutely end Adrian Broner as a star in the sport. Because Adrian Broner had so much going for him. He had so much acclaim, had so many people wanting to see him lose. And then when he finally did lose, you know, it seemed like he lost a little bit of his luster. And he tried to get it back. But all of his subsequent performances after that point have been subpar. His fight against Molina, he didn't look too great. His fight against Taylor, he was losing until he started to come back late in the fight and then also scored the knockdown. And then his last fight with Molina, it left a lot to be desired the confidence of Adrian Broner seems completely shattered. He doesn't seem like the same fighter. And that happens to some young fighters. Some young fighters suffer defeat early in their career, and they're just never the same. When I look at Adrian Broner, the type of fighter that I can compare him to is someone like Fernando Vargas, a guy that became a champion at a young age, had a lot of things going for him, could talk a good game, and then ultimately, you know, he got knocked out and was never the same again. You know, you look at Broner, he got knocked down, he lost, and he hasn't looked the same since. So if he loses to Sean Porter, and if he loses to Sean Porter in some sort of devastating style, which is definitely possible from what I see, um, that could mark the end of Adrian Broner as a legitimate star. He'd just be another guy where you say, wow, he had a lot of talent, he could have been better than what we saw, but hey, mentally he just didn't have it. We will see. You know, he's got a big fight on June 20th against Sean Porter if he gets past that test. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll actually reach that elite level. But if he doesn't, there will be no stardom for Adrian Broner in his future. All right, I'm going to go now to my next question. This one comes from Joe Zimmer. He says, how do you think Carl Froch would do with Gennady Golovkin? Do you feel Froch will take that fight? 
All right, what's well, something interesting? You know, I honestly never thought Carl Fox would want to take this fight with Gennady Golovkin. I thought, hey, he's had a great career. He's 37 years old. He's coming off an ultimate high, knocking out George Groves in front of 80,000 fans. Why would he want to take this fight? Well, he does want to take that fight. They're talking about it. They're having serious talks. That fight could possibly take place in September. Carl Fox is an ultimate competitor. He's a guy that will take on a challenge if he thinks it's a fight that suits his fighting style. Facing somebody like a James DeGale doesn't suit his style. It's somebody like Andre Ward, it's a boxer. He could potentially look bad in that fight. He could potentially lose. But Gennady Golovkin, you know what you're going to get. He's a guy that's going to come in there trying to knock him out, and he likes that. He wants to fight that. He wants to prove people wrong. He wants to score an upset. He wants to do something that, you know, people don't expect him to do. He wants to be the underdog. He likes this fight because it motivates him. When you have an older fighter, you need a fight that motivates you, gets the best out of you, drives you. And this is the type of fight that will motivate Carl Fox, much like when he was facing Lucian Butte. He will have home court advantage. He will have a weight advantage. He will be the naturally bigger guy, and he will be a guy that has faced the better talent of fighters. So I do think Carl Fox wants this fight. I hope they can make it. I think it's a fantastic fight. And as far as how I think he can do, it'll be very interesting. You know, Gennady Golovkin has the capability to knock Carl Fox out. He could possibly take him out early. Um, that's something that could happen. But if Carl Fox lasts the first few rounds, gets through those difficult rounds, and takes things later, Gennady Golovkin will probably get desperate. Because when you're in front of a crowd of 80,000 people that are all supporting one guy and not supporting you, you will get desperate. And if he gets desperate, he can make mistakes. In his fight against Willie Monroe, he's shown that he can be hit. And there's a big difference between getting hit by Willie Monroe, a light-hitting guy, a light-hitting 160-pounder, and then getting hit by someone like Carl Frotch, who's got a, a venomous strike when he hits you with his punches. And, you know, he's known for scoring knockouts. So I think that would be a fantastic fight. I personally hope it happens. It could go either way. I could see a scenario where either guy wins. Um, but one thing I can tell you for sure, if that fight does happen, it's not going the distance. It's going to end by a knockout. It's either going to be Carl Frost on the canvas or Gennady Golovkin on the canvas. And personally, I just can't wait for that fight to happen. I'm going to go now to my next question. This one comes from Ryan Burford. He says, Miguel Cotto continues to belittle both Canelo's and Golovkin's opposition in the sport. If he thinks they're not on his level, why doesn't he fight them? Well, this is very interesting, Ryan. Um, obviously, if you've heard from Miguel Cotto, he belittles a lot of his potential opponents out there. There's a lot of people out there that he believes aren't on his level. But in reality, I think it's kind of a complex with Miguel Cotto because he's had this thing where he believes he's the A-side. In every fight, he believes he's the A-side. Um, his fight with Sergio Martinez, he was able to dictate certain terms, get some things the way he liked. Um, but ultimately, even though he did win the middleweight title, that fight was a financial disaster. Um, didn't do well on pay-per-view, didn't do that great in ticket sales. You know, it wasn't what Miguel Cotto wanted for that. But in his mind, he's this huge superstar. So when he looks at guys like Canelo and Gennady Golovkin and then all the claim that they get, you know, he gets a little bit jealous on the inside. And his way of dealing with that jealousy is to belittle them and say that they're not that good, that they haven't faced that good of opposition, that, you know, hey, you know, I'll fight them when I'm ready. I fight the guys I want to fight first. So it's just all that complex that Miguel Cotto has of wanting to be the A side because he has been the B side in other fights and he doesn't ever want to be on the B side again. But if we're going to reality here, 
I actually think Canelo Alvarez is more of an A-side than Miguel Cotto is. I think he's a bigger pay-per-view draw, and I think he has more fans behind him. Um, as for Gennady Golovkin, I mean, you can make some things about his opposition, some of the people he's fought, but in reality, too, he is the best middleweight in the world, and I think Miguel Cotto also resents that, people calling Golovkin the middleweight champion and not Cotto the middleweight champion, even though he holds the linear belt. So, um, you know, I think Miguel Cotto will continue to belittle both those fighters, but in reality, he's going to have to fight one of them or he's going to lose his title belt, and he's also going to lose a lot of respect from the boxing fans. I'm going to go now to my final question from this week's Ask Jenna segment, and this one comes from San Rothwell. He says, what do you think of boxing post-Mayweather-Pacquiao? Are you optimistic in the future, or do you think boxing will fade away about those two? All right, well, Sam, this is something I, I often thought about with the sport, is what happens when Mayweather and Pacquiao retire. And I always thought boxing would be severely hurt because those guys are the two biggest pay-per-view draws. You know, those are the two biggest names. And now that they finally fought each other, there's not a lot of talk, you know, regarding big super fights, huge super fights, you know, big pay-per-view events, because there isn't those big pay-per-view stars right now. But honestly, with all the premier boxing champions seeing more boxing on network TV than ever, I am actually pretty optimistic that the next star will be made and we'll see him on network TV and see him be built up, see that next guy, you know, get that type of acclaim. I mean, there are guys like Camel Alvarez that have huge fan bases. Um, there's Gennady Golovkin, even though he's 33, who's just knocking everybody out, 20 straight KOs. I mean, you know, he's a guy that's just getting a lot of fans interested in him. So, I think there's a lot of potential for boxing going forward that those big stars can be made. And it can happen probably in the next year. Premier Boxing Champions is doing good getting the sport out to more fans. So I'm very optimistic in the sport. I'm very optimistic that boxing can carry on without Mayweather and Pacquiao. And we'll see new stars that garner, you know, having big pay-per-view buys and have mega events that will interest the boxing fans. All right, well, that was this week's Ask Dennis segment. I'd like to thank all the fans that submitted your questions. And, guys, you heard at the top of the segment how you can get your questions on the show. So if you want to be part of On the Road's Boxing Radio, you know how you can do it. Okay, well, I'm going to move things now to my final guest of this week's show, and he is a returning one, now making his fourth appearance to On the Road's Boxing Radio. I'm joined once again by former light heavyweight champion of the world, Antonio Tarver. What's been going today, Antonio? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. And, Antonio, before we talk about your boxing career and what's going on with that, I'd like to start things off with what you were doing this past Friday. That's uh, being a boxing announcer on Spike TV, Premier Boxing Champions. Can you uh, tell the fans a little bit about the main event, Amir Khan versus Chris Algieri? What did you see there? Man, that was, a, that was a, a, a very exciting fight, man. I think that. You know, it was a great fight for uh, PBC on Spike, and uh, those both both fighters delivered. You know, I, personally, I didn't think we would get that much excitement out of that fight. Uh, I didn't think Chris Algieri would fight that aggressive, and uh, you can tell that he did his homework and he really put it out there. He wanted to win. He made that fight a lot tougher than a lot of people gave him uh, credit for. And you know, uh, it was just a great fight to see Chris Algieri step up and also to see Amir Khan holding him off. You know, I think that, you know, the fight was a lot closer than uh, the two scorecards had it. But nonetheless, man, the fans got what they wanted. And, you know, in the end, that's all that matters, you know, that the fans got their money's worth. And, uh, man, it was a hell of a fight. I was lucky to be right there ringside calling the action with with the guys that I worked with, Dana, 
you know, Jimmy and Scott, man. I mean, those guys make my job real easy. So I'm just having a, a real good time doing what I love. And it's a blessing. Antonio, what do you think was the case of this fight? Do you think it was a case of people underrating Chris Algieri or a case of Amir Khan underperforming? No, I just think styles make fights. I mean, it's that old, that old saying that, that uh, you know, holds true. You know, I mean, styles make fights, you know, and um, that's basically it. You know, a lot of times, you know, the experts or so-called purists, you know, sometimes we just get it wrong. You know, we, we always forget that, you know, fighters have a, they have a chance to change and get better and improve and, you know, you can't underestimate experience. I mean, hey, being in the ring with a guy like Manny Pacquiao, you can't help but get better. You know, that's experience that, you you know, you can't buy. So, you know, of course, coming off of that big fight, you know, he was ready for it. And, and within, you know, the, the inclusion of uh, John, uh, John David Jackson also, who, you know, if you look at both of those corners, man, they had great, great work in both corners. And, uh, you know, you'd love to see that you know, from a guy, you know, myself, I love to see that when, when a guy has gone out and equipped himself with, with the very, you know, best trainers and, and gave himself the best chance to win. But he still had to put his heart on the line because, you know, Amir Khan, man, training for, for the best race out of jury because I tell you, if he had, he would have surely lost that night. And, and that's what the case is all the time for these young fighters coming up. Take every fight, you know, deadly serious, man, because, you never know when a guy, especially when you're one of the top guys out there in the weight class, you got a bullseye on your chest, and those guys are coming to knock you off, man. And so getting to the top, sometimes, you know, you may think it's tough, but holding on to stand on top is what, you know, a lot of people find, you know, very difficult. So I just commend both fighters, man, and it was just a great night, man. I enjoyed it. All right, now, Antonio, this particular fight was supposed to be an addition for Amir Khan to get a Floyd Mayweather with a junior fight. Do you think he did that with his performance? Do you think he'll get that fight? Well, you got to get a guy credit, you know what I'm saying? But like I say, styles make fights, and, and he might have a style that could give Floyd Mayweather some problems. I mean, uh, of course, I don't think Floyd has faced anybody, you know, well, Manny Pacquiao he thought was fast, and, you know, somehow Floyd was able to neutralize his speed. So, you know, but again, Amir Khan is one of those young, hungry fighters. I mean, like I said, it's a lot of bodies out there for Amir Khan. I, I don't know how Amir Khan Mayweather fight will sell right now. I don't know if it'll be anticlimactic coming off of the Manny Pacquiao, you know, circus of uh, media. When you look at it from a media standpoint, you know, that was, you know, it don't get no bigger than that. So anything that Mayweather does probably falls short of that. But, you know, so you really never know how, what, you know, Mayweather is feeling or what he's thinking, you know. I, I'm just, like, speaking out loud, but, you know, he, he probably want to do the biggest thing out there, the biggest fight available. And, you know, you know, you never know who that could be. Now, you say that you never know who that could be, but, I mean, in your opinion, you know the boxing scene, you know the fighters are out there. What is the biggest fight possible that Floyd could make with available opponents out there right now? You know what? It'll probably be, it'll probably be taking an uncalculated risk. And finding somebody that, you know, people may not feel that he probably would choose to fight. You know, somebody that would give him, you know, that on paper it would be a risky fight for Floyd. But, you know, that's, I mean, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know 
if that's Amir Khan or not. I'm not. I don't promote Amir Khan. So you know, I'm just saying the, the kid fought a hell of a fight. He fought Chris Algieri. No matter what you think about Chris Algieri, he came to fight. He came to win. He, you know, they both had great trans in the corner. And if that equals fighting Floyd Mayweather, I mean, shit, God bless him. You know what I mean? I, I mean, anybody out there that can get the Floyd Mayweather fight would be, you know, lucky enough to have that great opportunity. You know, I'm just a, I'm a fight fan, and I happen to be a, a, a commentator. You know what I'm saying? So, like, shit, I wish I could fight Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> I wish I could cut a leg off and make 147. Shit, you know what I mean? That, that, that's the type of uh, uh, opportunity that, you know, shit, one can only dream about, man, fighting one of the greats. You know, I you know, I can say, I mean, I, I did that, you know, my trilogy with Roy Jones Jr., but, you know, that's a, that's, a, man, that's a lifetime goal and accomplishment for any young fighter. And I know one thing, if Amir Khan keep beating down the bushes and, and continue to win, you know, I, I thought that, you know, he needed a exceptional performance because, he put himself under that light, you know, saying, okay, I want you to draw the comparisons between me and Manny Pacquiao going in here fighting Chris Algieri. So he put himself under that, under that scope. So, I mean, did he, did he beat, did he beat Algieri more convincingly than Manny Pacquiao? Of course not. Nowhere close. But, you know, like I said, Styles may fight. And, but the, the kid had to dig deep. He had to, Change his style midway through. He made adjustments, and I thought he, he won the fight convincingly. You know, it was closer than the scorecard, but he won the fight. I don't think it was any controversy in the decision, meaning I think the, the best fighter won that night, but it, it, he did have some, some tough spots in there. He got hit with some big overhand rights. And again, you know, uh, Chris Algieri is not known to be a big puncher, but at the same time, you know, everybody said that. You know, uh, Amir Khan has a weak chin. I guess he proved to some people that, hey, he can take a punch if he got hit solid. You know, but Chris Amir, Chris Algeria is not a puncher. You know, so like I said, he proved a lot again. And, uh, you know, he, he moved on. So is that Floyd Mayweather? I'm not sure. That's not the Floyd Mayweather. I want to tell you, let's turn things to yourself because you are still an active heavyweight and you're not only active, you had a very impressive win this past year in which you beat Jonathan Banks, a world-ranked heavyweight. Uh, you knocked him out in seven rounds, but we haven't heard much since then. What's going on with you? Man, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly pushing. I mean, I, I've been ready, you know. Um, Sometimes, you know, in boxing, you, got, you know, things got to fall in place, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, I, I must say I stay close to the cup. You know, I'm ready to fight, you know, bottom line. Uh, there have been some names thrown out there. I mean, I definitely want to fight someone. That, that has notoriety, has some credibility in the game of boxing. And, you know, I want to prove that I, you know, belong amongst the very best. And I think my next opponent, whomever you may be, I mean, we're hearing a lot of names that you, you know, I'm sure you'll be excited to hear. And once everything finalized, I just don't want to, you know, those never there too, you know, face first when nothing is solidified yet. But definitely want to fight a credible name, every, a name that everybody can recognize. And, and also it'll be, some, you know, a risky fight for me as well because, you know, a good chance, 50-50 chance I can win or lose that fight. So, you know, a, a guy that has fought in, in some eliminators, a guy maybe even fought for the title once or twice. So, you know, we're trying to get that type of name that we can, you know, say, hey, okay, look, I'm 3-0 and as a heavyweight. 
I'm filling out of that way pretty well. I'm, I'm banging with these big boys, and I'm winning. So, you know, I feel like this. With everything I have behind my name, credibility-wise, I don't know why there hasn't been more guys chopping at the door to get at me. I mean, that's surprising. But, you know, I know why. But, you know, at the same time, that shit haunt my opportunities to fight, perform, and, you know, make a living. So, you know, I, I'm not happy about, again, the long layoff. But, you know, I'm hoping in the next month or so, I mean, the next couple of weeks, we can make an official announcement, and I'll be in the ring in the next month or so, you know, next two months or what have you. So I'm looking at early August to be ready to fight and, and fight where everybody can see me perform, man. I'm, I'm ready to show the world. I'm still here, man. Ain't nothing changed. And, you know, my my aspiration to become a heavyweight champion is, is still alive and real. So, you know, um, that's bottom line. Now, Antonio, when we listened to you and we've heard you in the press in the last, you know, four or five months, the one name that kept coming up a lot was Shannon Briggs. You two went back and forth on Twitter, but he never seemed to want to go forward with that fight or do the extra push to make that fight happen. What do you think uh, his intentions were of that? Do you think he had any intention of fighting you? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. But, I, I mean, uh, you know, we, his name, he brought my name up. He said I was a bum, and I replied. You know, like I would have replied if anybody said something like that. You know, especially a guy that's been a heavyweight champion, a guy like Shannon Briggs, who's, you know, because of his antics, garnered some, some attention. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, shit. I'll be glad to show him. I ain't a bum. I think I can show him that in about three rounds. You know what I mean? So, I mean, a lot of guys talk. He ain't doing a lot of talking. But every time I see him talking, he's in his living room. So, you know, I'm in the gym, man. It don't matter who it is, really. I'm just ready to move on so that I can uh, show, you know, everybody that, hey, I, I mean business when I say, you know, I'm going to become the oldest heavyweight champion in the history of the game. And, you know, that's that's my goal. And, Every goal I ever had, I accomplished. So, you know, that's just it. It's just a matter of time. But I'm going to stay focused on whoever whoever is next, man. But, uh, yeah, Shannon Briggs ain't really want it. You know, he really didn't. So, that's it. I don't have time to be wasted, man. I'm, I'm, I got to get somewhere, and I'm trying to get there as soon as possible, you know. Antonio, when we look at the heavyweight division right now, uh, obviously the heavyweight champion of is Vladimir Klitschko. But there's also the other belt, the WBC belt, Deontay Wilder won that. I'm curious, between the two champions, who do you have a desire more to step into the ring with? Of, of course, Vladimir Klitschko. I mean, here's a guy that we came from the same Olympics. Shit, there's only three names that still res- that resonate in boxing right now from the 96 Olympic team. Of the whole world Olympic Games. That's Klitschko, Paul, and Mayweather. So I- I'm not trying to, you know, I want to fight Klitschko, guys. That came from the same area I came from. I mean, I want to fight the best. I want to fight the linear champion. You know, I mean, that's the only way that I feel like shit. When I win, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be the fact that I'm going to become the world champion. It ain't like I'm going to have to go fight somebody else and then get my credibility. No. I want to fight the guy that's, you know, top my age, the guy that has about the same experience as I got, and a guy that's been on top of the game just as long as I've been on top of the game. I think our two names together make more sense than anybody's two names together in the heavyweight division. He keeps finding guys that don't have a near the credibility I got in boxing, or even the namesake I got in boxing. It comes from the Olympics just like all these other 
great young fighters are making their moves to the top come from the Olympics. I met in the Olympics. I was a, you know, I was shit, one of the stars of the Olympic Games in 96. So I'm like, no, I want to fight Vladimir Klitschko. I want to, I want to shoot a real live Rocky movie for the whole world to see. I'm going to be Apollo Creed. He can be Drago. And we're going to, and we're going to have, you know, we're going to see who the best. Two worlds collide. That's what that's all about. And, you know, shit, I'm going to prove I deserve to be in the ring with him. Well, Antonio, do you think it's more likely that you would get a shot with Wilder than Klitschko just because you and Wilder share the same connection no, to, to no, Al Heyman? No, 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 that ain't, that ain't what it's about, no. I know they want me to fight, they want me to fight Wilder, no, but I got my own dreams. I want to fight Klitschko because that's the guy that, you know, she had been champion as long as I can remember, and that's the guy that has all of the credibility, you know, in the, in the heavyweight division. So, you know, I'm always about doing the the big thing, the impossible, and I want to be big as I can be, and I mean, beating Crisco makes me bigger than life, so, you know, that's that's my goal. I don't see why Al wouldn't want me to fight Crisco. That's, you know, that's a big ticket. Oh, Antonio, being right now that you're at the age of 46, could you have ever imagined, one, that you would be fighting still at this point in your career, and also guys that you've grown up watching and seen fight and you know, Roy Jones Jr., Bernard Hawkins, that those guys are still active and fighting at their age. Well, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm fighting differently, though. I'm fighting competitively. That's the difference. I mean, I'm fighting ranked opponents in the world, and I ain't been beat yet. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm still looking good. I'm still, you know, in command of whatever I'm doing. So I'm like, it's a difference. It's a difference. I haven't been, I haven't been beat, like, beaten like that. You know, I haven't been outclassed in a fight yet. You know what I'm saying? So until that day comes, shit, I'm still in the heat of this. I'm still in the mix. You feel me? Yeah. I mean, those guys ain't in the mix. So, you you know, they they fighting, but they're not in the mix. I'm fighting differently. I'm fighting at a world-class level right now at 46 years old. But I commend them. I commend them. I commend them for even still being able to do that. But, I mean... I'm still, I still approach the game the same way, same way I always have. Hit and don't get hit. And I ain't been hit, I ain't been really hit lately or ever in my career. So I'm still young, man. I'm still young at 46. It's a difference, man. And, and I guess that's what these people, I guess that's why they feel like I'm still somewhat dangerous because I know back in the day, shit, I always wanted to fight the guy that had all the credentials. I always wanted to fight the guy that had everything, you know, that I wanted. So, I mean, you can't tell me a guy don't want to be, don't want to beat me. <laughs> so that's a big, that's a big thing when you will be. That's a big thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Antonio, I've got a couple more questions before I let you off the line. And you mentioned hit and not get hit. That's what we saw on May 2nd with Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Manny Pacquiao. A lot of fans were disappointed in that. I'm just curious what your thoughts were on Mayweather versus Pacquiao and what the fans saw. Well, I mean, definitely hit it. I mean, you got to be a smart fighter, but at the end of the day, you, you know, you got to close the show too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of a lot of guys don't like to take, you know, a lot of risks in fights, and they can get away and, and win like that. But for, it don't work for all fighters. It don't work for a lot of fighters. I could never win like that. I mean, I, I, I always have been expected to do more, and any, anything less than more, I lose the decision. You know what I'm saying? So it, it works different for some guys. Some guys can win like that and, and have won like that for, you know, a long, long time, you know. But 
I'm not saying that I appreciate it because I know the art. You know what I'm saying? I know the science of the game. I can appreciate that. A lot of fighters don't. A lot of, not fighters, but a lot of fighting fight fans or, I mean, what you would call, you know, fans or whatever, new fans or not diehard fans, but I, I appreciate it because I know the sport, I know the game, and, you know, I can appreciate it, but a lot of people don't. They want to see the action. But for me, you know, shit, I like to hit and don't be hit, but I like to knock somebody out too. You know, I like to hurt my guy. You know, I like to, I don't like to go 12 rounds. Good. You know what I mean? So anytime I can cut the fight under 12, it's good. It's a good thing, you know? So I like to close the show, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of fighters do, but you got to take some risk to do that. And, you know, with a guy like Manny Pacquiao, shit, you know, if he's hitting like everybody say he's hitting, you don't want to take, you don't want to take too many risks because it could cost you. So I think Floyd felt him out and pretty much did what he wanted to do, and he held him pretty easily, you know, considering the whole hype of the whole thing. So he held him pretty easy. I don't know how they can even do a second fight with how that fight happened, and I don't know if they can sell that to the public again. But, you know, you never know. Shit, you say he had an arm injury. You know, I, I don't know if that was a, a pre pre-fight or did he get hurt during the fight. If he got hurt during the fight, then just say you got hurt during the fight. And, okay, it, it enabled you to do what you wanted to do. But if, if it happened prior to the fight, then, you know, he did the fans a disservice. Unfortunately, you know, he still made Pacquiao, but I would have never got in the ring, you know what I'm saying, with a with a uh, damaged shoulder. I would have never did it. Now, Antonio, do you think there's anything Manny Pacquiao could do differently in a rematch? I haven't watched that. If he's healthy, is there anything he can do differently from what you saw to have better success? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think Floyd solved the puzzle. I mean, Manny couldn't get to Floyd. He couldn't hurt Floyd when he did hit him. So, uh, and I was surprised. It looked like you know Manny didn't have as as, as better, you know as good a control of his his footing, you know, as I thought coming into the fight. You know, he was, he was jumping up, off balance a lot, you know, just swinging, just swinging. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't setting no traps. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't really, wasn't really putting the, uh, his, his mind, you know, he wasn't really thinking in, thinking in, in there with Floyd. He was just fighting almost, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think with Floyd, man. You can't, you can't just be no physical fighter. You gotta be a smart, intelligent fighter that has some punch power and ability to box, counter punch. And do all those things. You gotta be a complete fighter, and they, they come, they very rare, complete fighters. And that's what it's gonna take to beat Floyd Mayweather, man. You ain't gonna get lucky beating a guy that's that's so you know sharp like that. You ain't gonna get lucky. Like you ain't gonna leave no room for luck. You gonna have to, you have to outthink him. You have to set traps. You gotta run him in the shit. You know you gonna have to, you know shit. You gonna have to be unpredictable in there. You gonna have to go fast, go hard. You gotta change it up. About five, six different times. I mean, in order to win a fight with Floyd, you know, it's gonna take a it's gonna take a, a hell of a fighter, man, to beat him. Well, Antonio, back to what you've been doing now as a commentator. That was Premier Boxing Champions on Spike, and that's not the only channel that has it now. We have it on CBS, NBC, ESPN. How do you feel about the explosion of boxing and just the fact that there's more accessible boxing for fans to watch? I mean, I think as long as they continue to put on great shows and and match the, you know, match these fighters properly, man. It's going to be great for boxing. I think you can already see that. 
that the movement has already begun. I mean, it's a new era. I mean, I was just at home, and I saw NBC of uh, Young Spence, you know, coming up. Earl Spence, I believe. And uh, that, that's just nice, a young kid getting an opportunity, young Olympian getting an opportunity on NBC. You know, it's great. That's how, you know, you build superstars. I mean, I think they're on to something, man. And uh, if these guys can hold their own, and I know their stories and their personality, man, people are going to fall in love with these guys just as if they're, you know, falling in love with, the, you know, their NBA stars and football stars and hockey fans and baseball heroes alike. I mean, I think it's time for boxing to get back on that plateau, man, and uh, get these young champions that we haven't discovered yet really getting excited about boxing and wanting to be, you know, the next great fight out there, the next Mike Tyson, the next Roy Jones Jr., the next Mayweather, the next Tarver, you know, I mean, I mean, we, we still out here. There's a lot of great fighters that's coming up. You know, we're going to be in good shape, man. And I, I'm just excited to say that I'm here still in the game and <laughs> going to catch this way with the young guys too, you know. I'm going to have the same opportunity. So, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. All right. In closing, Antonio, is there any message you want to pass along to all your fans? No, nah, man, just, I mean, thanks for being patient with me. I mean, I'm working and uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure that when I announce my next fight, everybody's going to be excited about, you know, the return of the Magic Man. And uh, I'm going to put on a hell of a show, as I always do, and hopefully I get all their support. Please follow me on my social media, at Antonio Tarver, and uh, look forward to the announcement. All right. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Antonio, for your time today. I wish you all the best of luck for turning back to the ring this year. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Antonio Tarver discussing the fights he called from this past Friday and also talking about his future in the heavyweight division. Um, always great to catch up with Antonio, and one of the things I love is that he's back calling fights on TV because, you know, I remember when he was calling his fights on Showtime, I thought he was one of the better commentators out there, and it's good to, to see a guy that has a passion for the sport like he does, once again calling TV fights and calling it on Spike Channel. I think they've done a great job so far of the fight cards that they've had, and uh, it's good to hear Antonio being a part of the broadcasting team. But um, as far as his heavyweight career goes, you know, he's one of those guys that still interests me. You know, he's one of those guys I still want to see have a big fight because, you know, it was a bunch of years ago I was actually clamoring for a fight between him and Vladimir just because, you know, at that time Antonio Tarver was the biggest name anywhere near heavyweight that was, you know, an American. Um, you know, now as things have gone on, Deontay Wilder has taken the uh, WBC heavyweight title. You know, he's become a big name in his own right. Shannon Briggs has popped on back on the scene. Um, but Antonio Tarver, he's still out there. He's still a big name. He's coming off of a, a fight over Jonathan Banks in which he, you know, knocked Jonathan Banks out, the trainer of Vladimir Klitschko. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where Antonio goes from here. Personally, for me, I want to see him fight Shannon Briggs. I think it's just a good way to kind of solve things around the heavyweight division. You've got two older guys that both want a shot at Vladimir Klitschko, fight each other, fight each other, and determine who actually gets that shot. But one thing you can tell from Antonio, he's serious about wanting to compete for the heavyweight championship. He doesn't want just a belt. He doesn't want to face Deontay Wilder. He wants the heavyweight champion of the world, and you've got to respect that. You have to respect that he wants to face the absolute best guy out there. And, you know, Honestly, I can see it potentially happening. I think he needs to win one or two more fights, and he could potentially get that fight. But after Vladimir's done of his obligation um, with Tyson Fury, there's a good chance we could see that fight, and I think it would be interesting. 
Uh, what do you think now to the upcoming week's fight schedule? And there are some fights out there for the boxing fans. There's actually plenty of fights because we have fights both on HBO and on NBC. I'll first take HBO because it is the leading boxing cable network out there. Um, they have Miguel Cotto versus Daniel Gill for the middleweight championship of the world. Um, the fight's going to be contended at 157 pounds. There's been a lot made of the catch weight. Daniel Gill having dropped those three pounds this week. It's been a little bit of a struggle for him. But if all goes as planned, he does make the weight. We will see a heavyweight championship fight. And, um, you know, honestly, I, if Daniel Gill isn't too drained, it could be mildly interesting because we really haven't seen Miguel Cotto too much at this weight. The only guy he's ever fought at middleweight was Sergio Martinez. And Sergio Martinez had two bad legs, two bad knees, and could barely stand in the ring, let alone fight. Daniel Gill, if he's not too drained and doesn't come in there with a walker, you know, he'll be a guy that goes out there and tries to be competitive. He's not known as a big puncher, doesn't have a big punch, but he's a good boxer. He's a solid fighter. Um, he didn't look particularly that great in his last fight over in Australia, but he did get a win. So, you know, I'm interested in this fight mainly for the sense that I just want to see how Miguel Cotto performs at middleweight, his second time out. If he's performing against a guy that's helping the ring and looks okay, this could be an interesting encounter. If he's facing a guy that's drained and depleted, and we're going to see a one-sided wipeout, and we still will never know how good Miguel Cotto is at middleweight. But um, I'm looking forward to that fight, looking forward to seeing what happens. If I had to favor anyone, i got to go with Miguel Cotto. I mean, even against a good Daniel Gill, I still think Miguel Cotto is a better fighter and would end up winning. The big question is, if Daniel Gill is drained, whether or not the fight will go the distance if he's drained, well, no, Cotto's going to win by knockout. But if he's healthy, I can see it being a 12-round decision and that fight going to Miguel Cotto. Um, but the other fights that are out there are on NBC and part of Premier Boxing Champions, as we'll see the return of Robert Guerrero as he takes on Aaron Martinez. Um, Robert Guerrero, he looked pretty good in his last fight against Keith Thurman. He did well, especially late in the fight. He came on. Um, it was a competitive affair. He didn't get wiped out. So it'll be interesting to see him come back, see if he can get a win. Uh, the fighter he's facing you know, isn't anywhere near the elite. He should beat Martinez. But uh, it'll be a good showcase for him to see if he's still an elite welterweight. If he doesn't perform well here, we might never see him in another title fight. If he does perform well, then there might be some other opportunities for him. Uh, another fight that's interesting to me on this card is Jesus Cuellar versus Vic Darchinian. I've always liked Vic Darchinian. I've always been a big fan of him. Uh, but Cuellar, you know, he's the guy that uh, has taken out older fighters before. He took out Juan Manuel Lopez, ended his career. So, this could be the final time we see Victor Chinian if uh, Victor Chinian can't deal the size, the weight, and everything that Cuellar has. But um, I'm hoping Vic's got one more in him. I hope he has a good competitive performance, but not expecting it. I think Cuellar will probably win by knockout. But, you know, just overall, though, the whole card, you know, it looks pretty interesting. There's some other good fights on there. So I hope you tune into that fight card and also the other fights from this week because, it's, you know, it's a good sign for boxing. Boxing is on every single week. We're seeing boxing in some form or fashion on some channel. Boxing is out there. So boxing is alive and well. I hope the fans are enjoying it, and I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed the show because we're coming down to the end of it right now. I'd like to thank all three of my guests, Peter Fury, Nick Canovio, and Antonio Tarver. It was a pleasure speaking to all of them. I'd like to thank our show sponsor, ibo.boxing.com. Said many times, guys, before, if you want to keep up with all the latest of IBO, you can go over to their website. You can read about all their champions, all their upcoming title fights. And, guys, too, if you're going to websites, website, make sure you check out our website, 
www.ontheropesboxing.com. You'll find all of our latest interviews, podcasts, everything to do with On The Ropes Boxing Radio. You will find us there. And, uh, guys, hope you enjoy the fight weekend, and uh, I'll catch you guys next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.